One year, I kind of got an idea, you know, I try trap. I like to trap, I like to make lure, and I like to write. Where can it go from here? I would be able to spend more time in the woods. I was losing money hand over fish trapping, but I didn't care. Getting the traps out there is the hardest part, I think, with them. I would leave the critters in the back of my truck in the high school parking lot. We're going to set traps, like, no matter what. Some of these guys have trapped these areas for generations. We got through the furball. This is Northern Michigan. This is what you do. Representing trappers in a positive light. I'm going to ask you guys a question. Do you know everything? This will be fun. Trying to learn something from these legends. Ask questions without asking questions. Volumes of Purpose and Game magazine. There's structure from Perigo Gorman. Perg Lennon's articles, the Perg Lennon ads. Information, trapping radios. We are trappers on ourselves. To me, that's pretty important. All right, everybody listening to me? Develop a system yet because work it ahead of time to build big trapping. If you got very much the same as the you got more than they started talking about these big fans. Most of my tunes are coming from up top, not down top. Probably the best part of the country in the world. I don't know, get them better. Trying to set predator traps and trash waders. The back of that beaver looks like it gets sheared. You better edit this part out. Yeah, we better. Back in the fur shed, this is the Trapping Today podcast. I'm Jeremiah Wood. Great to be here. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. We are brought to you by Cots Brothers Lures, K-A-A-T-Z-B-R-O-S.com. Trap smarter, work harder, enjoy the success that follows. Cots Bros has a full line of traps, trapping supplies, books, DVDs, lures, baits, everything you need to get going on the trap line. And since convention season's kind of messed up because of coronavirus, you're probably going to need to get a lot of stuff online. So check out Cotsbros.com for the best prices, best selection of trapping supplies on the web. We're also brought to you by OnX Maps. Turn your phone into a fully functioning GPS. You can mark trap locations, track your movements, uh, check out landowner information. You can get the parcel data, see who owns the land and what the parcel looks like, and uh, view the latest aerial imagery. It's great stuff funny today every day it seems like I use Onyx for something different and today I was making a pasture uh, putting up a temporary fence um, we'll talk about the weather in just a second it's just been absolutely nuts this weather we've been having but um, long story short we're kind of in a drought right now and I gotta be I'm planning ahead you know about four weeks ahead in my grazing plan for my cattle and we have about Oh, over 90 animals on the farm right now so it's it's kind of a juggling game and we've got three separate groups of animals so it's a juggling game figuring out where fences and water and power and uh, everything else gets going and where the grass is growing and where we need to graze and where we need to rest and and all of that so so it's been kind of crazy um, but I ended up had an area that I wasn't going to graze this summer but it turned out I'm gonna need the grass because we're gonna be short so uh, I went over to fence it, putting up some temporary fences, and I was partway through, and I'm trying to figure out, okay, I've got 1,600 feet of, wa- of uh, poly braid on this reel that uh, I'm, I'm running out there um, on post and, and getting out as a temporary wire to keep the cattle in, and I'm trying to figure out where, where I ought to terminate my reel in in order to you know I had to use two reels so I had to figure out where I'm going to terminate them so that I'll have an equal distance between the two and I'll actually be able to get around and not run short and run out of reels. So I'm figuring I'm thinking well geez it looks like 
it should be about there, but I better check. Oh, hang on a second. I got Onyx on my phone. So I just pull up Onyx Maps and I get I I hit the button. One of the one of the buttons is right there on the screen as you when you when you open up the app and it sh it takes you right to your location. And it's got the aerial photo right there and it shows the field. It shows me where I'm at. And I look at the distance and I decide where I need to be in the field. And I walk over to it and the dot shows where I'm at and boom, there I am. So so uh, it saved me a lot of time of, of stringing out fences, coming up short and having to go back, reel them up and move them and all that. So um, you never know when Onyx is going to help you. Uh, check them out and uh, go to onyxmaps.com and use the promo code TRAP, T-R-A-P, and you will get 20% off of your purchase. Um, check them out. I, I really think more people need to be using this, uh, not only on the trap line, but but really basically everything that you do outdoors. It's it's incredibly useful. Um, I, I find new uses for it all the time. So anyway, the weather, um, it's been crazy. Uh, Chris Pope, Coyote Trapping School podcast. Uh, I feel you, man. I think um, I've never really spent time in Georgia, but I, I kind of feel where you're coming from right now. Uh, it's been about 95 degrees the past three days. Um, the humidity hasn't been terrible. It's only been like 30, 40% humidity. Uh, it's actually bumped up a little bit today, but that is just some insane weather. I, I don't know if we hit 95 degrees all of last summer and maybe not even the summer before. Um, 95 degrees is pretty intense. I, if you haven't experienced it and you live in a northern climate like me, and and this is June 20th, and honestly, like 10 days ago, we had frost in the garden. We had to cover our plants in the garden because we had frost overnight. So it's just, it, it's insane. It's, it's crazy stuff. Um, but anyway, uh, so, so we're, we're actually in a drought and we finally saw the clouds for the first time in a week. Uh, I never thought I'd be praying for rain in Northern Maine, uh, but we finally saw clouds this afternoon and they've been building and building and I, it, it's dark out right now. And I, I just looked off in the distance and there's some a couple of lightning storms way off in the distance. Can't hear anything, but you can see them flashing. So, uh, I don't know, maybe we're going to get some rain. There's like a maybe a 30% chance of rain. Um, but but the long-term forecast doesn't look good. I hope we get some showers because if we don't, uh, we're going to be in pretty rough shape for, for any type of growth. And the fish are going to have a hard time in the streams. Um, and everybody needs a little bit of rain up here. We're kind of dependent on it. We're, I, I felt the last few days I felt like I was back in Montana uh, in dry country. Um, so anyway, uh, I did try to take advantage of the weather and, and start making some wax dirt. Um, if you uh, have not gotten started on that, it's a great thing to do in the summertime when the weather's hot. If you got some hot weather like this, um, check out Kellen Kotz's book, The Black Book of Coyote Trapping, for a little bit of advice on making wax dirt. But uh, very simply, there's several ways you can do it. Probably the way that I'd prefer to do it if I had the time and equipment is just to use the cement mixer deal with the propane uh, burner and uh, and just make it when you when you have the you know when it's convenient for you but I don't really have that set up right now so what I did is I ordered a bunch of flake wax from Cots Bros I think I ordered like three five pound uh, bags of it and I actually have to order a bunch more so um, I should have ordered more earlier but I don't know I'm kind of one of those guys that it seems like every time 
I need something, I I uh, I don't think of it till about a minute before I need it. So, a good thing with Cotsbros is you just you know pop in an order and the next day it's shipped. And they're in Illinois, so they're they're right in the dead center of the country, and you can pretty much get anything. Most places you're gonna get it quick. So, uh, anyway, I I had some tarps out. I had some dirt that I'd pres- I'd I dug and sifted and gotten ready. I've got some great dirt here that makes some really good trapping dirt. Uh, it's kind of a like a sand. It's it's a sandy, loamy type of dirt, and there's no rocks or anything in it. It's just incredible. But uh, I had gotten a bunch of it together and put in a tarp, put it under cover, and I never got around to actually making wax dirt out of it. So I pulled that out, and I went out and got some more, and I dug, you know, I got an open spot where I had a bunch of that sand on the farm here, and I shoveled a bunch more of that on a, on a different tarp. And so I had a couple tarps going and I was taking that those bags of flake wax and getting cupfuls of it and kind of sprinkling it out like the making the salt and pepper mixture that Kellen talks about in the book. Um, and, and kind of sprinkling that out on top of the dirt on the tarp. And you just let that sit for a few hours when it's 95 degrees. She warms up pretty quick. And I was using a rake and just kind of... Uh, stirring that around with the rake every once in a while add more wax stirring it a little bit add a little wax stir it a little bit add a little wax and kind of uh, I didn't get finished so I covered it up and uh, I'm gonna if it doesn't rain tonight I'm gonna get back at it tomorrow and I'll probably finish it up but it it's it's uh it's a time consuming way I guess it's not really labor intensive but it, it takes a lot of times so you kind of gotta be around and be ready and kind of monitoring it it takes, you know, can take two, three days. Depends on what the weather's doing. Um, even in good, hot, dry weather, sunny weather, it, it can take a couple of days. So uh, it, it is definitely pretty easy, and it's the most cost-effective way to make wax dirt. So you may want to check that out, uh, or or you may want to use the cement mixer method. Maybe you don't use wax dirt at all, but uh, from what I I experienced last fall, coyote trapping. Uh, if I'm going to do any amount of coyote trapping this fall, I'm going to have more wax dirt than I need. I'd, I'd rather have, you know, one and a half to two times the amount of wax dirt that I need and uh, not have to worry about running out like I did last year. So uh, it's a good time. Uh, I was planning on making it in August, but geez, we, you know, we got this weather window and it's like, oh, what else are you going to do? I got lots to do, but this is, the, there's, very few times in in the summertime where we have perfect conditions for making wax dirt up here. So, got to take advantage of it. You got to make hay when the sun shines, right? So tonight's episode, uh, we're gonna talk. Uh, oh, one quick thing. I gotta tell you about the Walter Arnold book. I was actually planning on on talking more about that tonight, but it's not quite ready. I hate to say that, but the book is done. Okay. Um, I, I ordered the, I, I finalized everything. I'm publishing it through Kindle Direct Publishing on Amazon. And I ordered a proof copy uh, to to be able to actually have a physical book in hand to see what it looks like and make sure everything looks good. Um, I got that in hand on Friday and I went through it. There are you know, three or four different editing things that probably should have been fixed. Uh, I went back to the drawing board and I went to try to fix a few of those things and uh, it turned out that it was a lot more. Basically, in a lot of cases, unless you're a professional at this or you know if you hire somebody to format your book, 
it can be a nightmare because one small change can completely throw everything else off in the book. So three or four edits that will take about oh three or four minutes to complete can turn into about two hours of, of work to try and get things back to where they were when you started. Because one thing leads to another. You do one thing and it changes everything else and you got to go back and you got to run through and see what's changed and see how you fix it. And I, I decided that if I've, the, those three or four editing mistakes, if I were to fix them, there was just as good a chance I was going to make more errors and mistakes as a result of fixing those. <laughs> so I decided uh, it's good enough. It is It is good enough for me. So I finalized it. Now, one thing that Amazon does, which I guess is probably a good thing, is uh, they when they go to publish your book, they check to make sure that you're not plagiarizing anything that's available on the internet. So they take the content of your book when you submit it, and they kind of go through it and match, see if they can match any of that up to what's out there on the web. And 1.30 a.m. this morning, I got an email from Amazon that said, oh, looks like you have part parts of information that's in your book or... Um, parts of your book are available freely on the web. So uh, are you sure you're not infringing on somebody's copyright? Well, obviously that was all the articles that I printed on trappingtoday.com uh, as you know parts of the book. As I was working on the book, I was publishing things so you guys could read them and uh, you know get a little bit of information, get interested in the project and all that. And, and so they, they kind of keyed in on that stuff. So it kind of backfired on me because the book was supposed to be done and I was going to talk about it today, but it's not because I had to resubmit it and basically tell them, okay, I'm not plagiarizing anything. That's actually my information on there and resubmit. And now I'm waiting for them to review it for a second time. So the book is officially not available. However, by the time you listen to this, it may be available. So um, if it is next week, by next week's episode, I'm going to do a full episode just on the Walter Arnold book and we'll We'll go through that and kind of uh, give you more information on on what to expect there in the book. So it's exciting. It's uh, it's going to be good, and I get it down to twenty bucks, nineteen ninety five for the the paperback uh, physical copy of the book. So check that out if uh, if you're listening to this a few days after June twentieth. Uh, get on and and check that out. It's going to be available on Amazon. Um, this time around, I'm not going to any trapping supply dealers or anything. I'm going to sell it on Amazon and I'm going to sell it. I'm going to order a few copies uh, to have here at, at home for folks who don't want to order on Amazon or aren't comfortable ordering online or whatever. Um, I'm going to have some copies for people to, to order from me personally. And uh, I'll probably put those up on, on trappingtoday.com. But that's going to be uh, it's going to be a little bit, a few days before that's available at least, um, and and we'll talk about that more. So tonight's episode, we are going to go to part three of our sit down with Charlie Tucker and Billy Thompson. Another good one tonight. Uh, had again had a lot of fun with those guys. I'm actually still getting emails from guys about Nathan from Minnesota podcast, and uh, and from guys that are just starting to listen to the Billy and Charlie first episode so I know a lot of guys this time of year it's busy so you're kind of catching up um, and uh, behind by a few weeks uh, or some guys even more than a few weeks uh, that have emailed me like man you got to get going here you got to listen in 
and uh, get caught up. So, um, but it's good to hear from you guys uh, again on on uh, those old episodes. I love having guys that that uh, get on and start listening. They binge listen and and they'll do you know ten twenty episodes at a time and and get all excited about trapping and stuff. So uh, in tonight's episode, we talk about uh, odd odd catches of fur. Some funny stories talking about uh, Charlie and Billy going to conventions, national uh, NTA conventions in different parts of the country. We talk about some of the old trappers, a little bit of local history, um, and then uh, go, go into some open water beaver trapping, some of Billy's tips and advice and and uh, and uh, different sets that he makes for the spring open water beaver trapping season. Um, so I hope you guys enjoy that. We've probably got one more to bang out. Uh, one more possibly two uh, from these guys, and then we'll move on to something else. But this has been a fun little series, and uh, I enjoyed it, and I hope you enjoy it as well. And stay tuned for the Cotsbro's Deal of the Week. These have been pretty popular, so um, another deal coming up here very shortly. I'll announce that at the end of the episode. Thanks again to Cotsbro's for sponsoring uh, the podcast and being huge supporters. And you guys, uh, let's get into the episode. And one more quick thing before we get into it, a little parental advisory. There is some language in this one, so if you got little kids listening in, uh, you might want to uh, check it out beforehand and uh, make sure it's uh, suitable for them uh, based on what what you believe uh, you want your children listening to. So um, uh, just a, a quick little warning there. Um, I, it's not not too terrible bad, but you uh, you know just be aware of that. So anyway, all right, we'll get into it. What was the first animal you caught? Hmm? What was the first animal you caught? Me? I caught a mink. I went over to this bridge and uh, where we lived, and I had to walk through a guy's pasture and get over to on the railroad tracks with a nice bridge. And he told me how the, they set those pocket sets, you know. And so my uncle trapped some on my mother's side, and he gave me a bag of frozen eel, chunks of eel, because he used eel. So I took that eel, and I put it up in there, and I set an old number one jump right there. Jeez, yeah. I caught a mink first thing. <laughs> and I come lugging that mink in the house. I was probably eight, nine years old. I had that mink, and the old man said, yeah, that's a nice female. That's a nice mink, because female was worth more than the males. Huh. They wanted them small female. Yeah. What they didn't tell people... You catch more males than you do female. That's why they wanted the female, the <laughs> old bastards. Yeah. yeah, but I had that, and that year there I caught four mink. Yeah. Never, never cared for them more than I have jumps. I bought quite a few of them. But and then Fisher exploded. Better. While I was in high school, Fisher exploded. I yeah. Mean, they come around. Hundreds every, of dollars, huh? Everybody was having trouble with Fisher. I used a number two jump on a leaning pole with the bait about 18 inches beyond your trap. And the old man told me the reason you put your bait way beyond your trap and tie it good, the fish would go over your trap, you'd get pulling, and you'd have him by the hind foot, and he'd be hanging dead. They, they can't live a long time when they're hanging, yeah. and they'd be dead. I caught 25 fish up <laughs> Are you really? in November and December Jeez. that year. There was no limit on them or nothing. Yeah. And I didn't know the first thing about 
And I took him down to Old Atherkinney, and I got $12 for my females and $8 for my male. Huh. I couldn't believe it. That was a good check <laughs> for a kid that age. Now, what they do with them high-priced fisher way back before they closed the season? Well, were they, they especially were, for the... They were two, three hundred dollars a piece, yeah. weren't they? Seventy-five to a hundred, my father would get, and it was illegal to have them even in North Main Woods, but he'd catch two or three in his cubbies every... But the priests come across every Wednesday to preach to the guys in the woods camp. And with prohibition, he'd bring my father whiskey, and he'd take his fisher back and sell for him. And nobody bothered a priest. He had the perfect thing across the water. And and I'm made, wondering if you could do the same thing now with Lynx. Must have made special robes for kings and queens or something when the price got that yeah, high. Yeah, right. Why would the price get so high on Fisher? You know, that many years ago, you know. In the Depression, they was worth $75 and people working for a dollar a day. Didn't even make sense. Is Evidently, it, there was more economy in other countries or in the world, like in Europe. Yeah, the dollar good, obviously must not yeah. have been as high. And people so. wanted that fancy fur. Because I've heard as high as 1920s, I've heard as high as 300 bucks before. Probably well, even, was it, even in the 70s, I've heard guys that caught two fisher and bought a snowmobile. Yeah. I sold one in Canada for $600 right. at, at the Canadian auction. So I caught for four fifty back then at the caught, Canadian auction. I caught quite a few on three something when them prices were high. Yeah, females. Yeah, they they yeah, wanted, they the, wanted females. the good females, the silver. Yep. Silver female. But I sold a yeah. Martin to Wayne Flint, and to this day I've never caught one like it, and I regret I regretted regretted that the day I sold it though. It was the same color as Fisher. Really? Black. It was black. Really? Like an Alaska Martin. That freaking thing, and black, 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 and white. No orange, no yellow, just white right oh, there. Really? really? Yeah. Spitting huh. image of one of them female fishers with a white on. Yeah. It was a big male. I said, I should have kept that and had that mounted. I've yeah. never caught on that color yet. I've caught some dark ones, but nothing like that. Would like you get I said, out of it? Same as the others. Yeah, I think I got the same thing as See, the, the problem with a odd piece of fur is it don't match up with nothing. Exactly. And it's not worth nowhere near what people think it's right. Well, it's worth a lot to you as the trapper. Yeah, I did I caught, that with a set of moose horns, too. We caught two beaver in Cheney Pond one winter that had white spots this big on yep. their bellies and one up on the side. And they were two, like, large, medium beaver. And we thought we had the world by the ass, and the fur buyer just threw him in another pile, because he said they ain't gonna match nothing. Yeah, should have got. I wish I'd have had those mounted, but we didn't even know yep. nothing about mounting. Boy, that one I've never found a lot of sheds in my lifetime. My son and I, we sold them to Lonnie Jondro. He said you'll find some more of them, but well, I ain't never seen none like it before, or after. And it was big, 20 pounds per side, no paddles. All beans. Really? Beans, big huh. beans. And I kept saying to my son, we shouldn't be selling them. <laughs> I said, he found them. 
I said, I ought to buy them off you myself and put them up on the wall. I've never seen a set like that. No, no paddles at all. No paddles at all. Just beam. Just beam. Like an big. Yeah. Yeah. Big, big, all the way out, and everyone was big, long, big around. Just like a buck, like a deer. Oh, unreal. Yes. He said, "Oh, you'll get some more of them like that." Take a picture of them. No, I don't even think we got a picture. No, I don't <laughs> take pictures. I got so many pictures I should have taken on trap lines. Yeah, that's a lot, of, a lot of people regret that. Yeah, yeah you and gotta uh, take pictures. Neil Olson is one of my heroes in that respect of keeping such a record of all of the things he'd done. Yeah. Because now we can look back and, and it's there. Yeah. Jerry does it quite a bit too. Yeah. Jerry's got a lot of pictures. Yeah. Really. But I never took many pictures. I never had the time. I was right at You were running, screech. going. <laughs> and I wish I would have now of different things. Yeah. You know, some of the catches and people that I trapped with and stuff. Just Wait, ahead of. I want to see a picture of Jerry snapping his suspenders at the Nationals. <laughs> that, I'll tell you, we had the best time, didn't we, at the Nationals with that guy. <laughs> yeah. So you guys drove across the country together. Oh, oh yeah, it was a good trip, two or <laughs> yeah. three. First time he went with us, Jerry, he, he'd he never been out of the state of Maine, I don't think. We went to Minnesota, and he was snapping them suspenders, and he was the big <laughs> shot. He was the big mountain trapper. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, oh, we raised hell. Bill Combs went with us, and sometimes we'd have to stop the vehicle. We was laughing so hard. <laughs> It was so much fun. That was the best yeah. convention I ever went to. That last one I went with you guys, we went to Buffalo. Where we went in that restaurant. Well, it was, what was that town? Hamburg. Hamburg. We went to that goddamn restaurant. And that guy come in sitting over there. And Jerry was trying to be a wise ass. And that guy was being a wise ass. And he got the best of Jerry. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> Jerry says, holy Christ. <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> Great big guy. Yeah, big guy. With a beard. Yeah. yeah. So I know it. somebody Jerry knew the way they were. I did too. Talking back and forth. He figured out where we were. We were at that convention. He was going to have fun with us. Yeah. He uh, did. Yeah. Yeah. I, when I was a director, I used to go out to supper a lot with like Dean Wilson, the big fur buyer yeah. from Alaska. Yeah. He was real religious and real quiet, mousy like and. And the other guy that I chummed around with was Mark Spencer. He used to be the big shipping agent. His son is the Mark Spencer that ships out of Michigan now. But his father, Mark Spencer, was one character. <laughs> he was the life of every party I ever knew in the Nationals <laughs> or Trappers meeting. And we used to have a ball. Jeez. Good old days. So you guys, you went to a lot of the nationals then, huh? Yeah. yeah I've never been to one. I... Oh, you you got to go to one. First one I went to was 91, I think, in Syracuse. Yeah. That's when old Carl, Carl was still alive. Yeah. A lot of old guys are gone now. Yeah. One time I took a load of turtles to southern Jersey. <laughs> I took Kyle Cabicious and Mark Swain with me. We rode to Southern Jersey with a load of turtles. Did you send them to Newt Sterling? Newt's buddy. Yeah. <laughs> I sold to. And uh, we left Southern Jersey, and we drove all the way to Michigan. 
Wow. Straight ahead. And that, going up through Pennsylvania in that way at an angle, I didn't think we'd ever get out of Pennsylvania. <laughs> just like say, the same. And we got there. And Nothing old, straight. This Carl Cabicious was an old trapper from Massachusetts <laughs> that moved to Maine. And he was a life of the party everywhere because he'd drink and raise hell. And he was just a comedian and good trapper. But he had a heart problem then. And when we come back from Michigan, we got New York. We thought we'd lost him. He was putting the nitros to him. And he come out of it. Max says, I think we've lost him. And called, oh, just a minute. And he took another nitro. And he come out of it. And we got him home. And he lived quite a while after that one. He, he lived he until he was 90. He did die of a heart attack too, though, didn't he? 90, yeah. He did die of a heart attack. Yeah, his heart finally gave out on him. Gave out on him. But he was a good guy. Gotta give out. He's, a, he's the first guy Neil thought he had a fatality at his finally back years ago. He yep. was in the shit house, passed out. Neil opened the door in the morning, and Carl was passed out. And he closed the door. He said, My God, I got a dead man in here. He one. thought he was dead. Yep. And then finally, Carl come walking out of the shit house. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. It's going to be something if Neil doesn't have it this summer. It's. Uh, First time in 44 years, 43 years. Yeah, that one in Minnesota, though. There was this kid from Minnesota, and he, I probably told you this, he had a blue tick The dog, home. yeah. <laughs> Braley come out of that tent in the morning or at night, and he'd say, Hey, Blue! And that dog would bella. That kid says, They're going to kick me out of here. You guys stop that. <laughs> we had him wound up, and that old dog, old Braley, would say, Hey, Blue! And that dog would sound off. <laughs> Yeah, I, I laugh more about that. Did Bruce ever get an opportunity to trap much? Yeah, he was a good rat trapper. He did trap a and lot. Beaver. Younger he and Dan McKellar. As he got older, he's forever wheeling and dealing. Oh, yeah, but he was, he, he trapped. Was good, he was a good trapper. They'd always catch two, three hundred rats, he and Dan, and yeah. Bob King trapped with him some. Yeah, Bob. And uh, he and Dan always caught over a hundred beaver every winter under the ice. Yeah. All down through Newburgh and Plymouth, Newburgh and Dickmont, down through that area. Now, the muskrat territory for northern Maine that was noted the most in my lifetime was the Sawtell's Deadwaters. Really? In Patton. My grandfather even dropped down there years and years Did anybody, ago. How about eastern county, like limestone area and all the... Well, down? the boys in Prescott care when I, they, they get quite a bit, uh, you know, out of the water shit over there, but... Not I've always heard Sawtell Deadwaters. Because we don't have a lot of rats on here. No, but that was a noted place back in the yeah. 30s and 40s. And Really? Uh, what was that retired warden's name that trapped from Patton? Uh, Ted, Ted. Ted. Ted, yeah. Ted uh, Ted Hershey? No, huh? Ted. Oh, Jesus Christ. He was a nice guy. Yeah, wore glasses. He trapped that Sawtell oh, yeah. every yeah. year. Yeah, my grandfather used to come down to Massardis and, and Ashland, get down there and trap down there just for the rest. No kidding. But my grandfather on my mom's side trapped a lot in the Lincoln Lear. He would live in the Lincoln Lear in the winter. Summer he would live in Massardis, Ashland. Huh. And uh, he worked for a few years helping uh, Rockefeller start a seal farm on Bar Harbor out on Mount Desert Island. He helped him do that some. Because you'd be working, to, to get a hundred rats around here, you'd be working. Oh, hard. yeah. Yeah. 
I got a, just shy, I think I had 98 one year. There were certain areas back years ago, there was a lot of rats, but a lot of areas there was no rats. Yeah. 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 No, the whole area, right from Ashland, for 40 miles west on the outer road or the Pinkham Road. You hardly find a rat there. You don't find too many rats and you didn't find too many mink until you stay, you stay on the Rialto Road, the Machias River would have more mink than the upper part of the Roostick. Big Machias, there are rats around there? So back back in the day, there was a certain amount of rats yeah. all along and mink along the Machias watershed. My dad trapped with Harold Weeks, Todd Weeks' father, or grandfather, or, yeah, grandfather. Or great, or great uncle. I can't remember how he related, but Harold Weeks was the district force warden in Ashland, and my dad took his place when Harold died. I mean, retired. And uh, they would trap mink every every fall. Is that what Weeksbrook is named after? Weeks I I would say because uh, Weeks was tied with Lynch some. Yeah. On the sporting camps a little bit, and then see Lynch's. I mean. Uh, Harold Weeks' daughter married the Smith, uh, Herschel Smith, who had all the potato farms and all the broccoli family hmm. over in Prescott and Marzil country. But his, him and dad would try to make, and they would try, that's back when they, uh, they were getting 20 to $30 a make. One of the boys from the Smith farm asked Lavway, he says, who the hell's throwing all these beaver feet out in my doya? <laughs> Harris, uh, Labway says, I don't know, I'll call Billy and see if he threw him out there. I said, no, but I threw him down at the brook down below his place. Every day I'd throw a few feet for the coyote, because it's yeah. fox and coyote. And yeah. the ravens were hauling them <laughs> out, and they'd drop them over his driveway. <laughs> yeah. He said it, he had more beaver feet in his driveway, and he figured it was beaver in, in Rooster County. <laughs> And I didn't throw that many out there. Yeah, I, started, I started throwing some out my lawn up there after I groomed it. So what are you going to do with beaver feet? I mean, I figured out something to do with everything else but the feet. The only thing I can think you should do is put them down a dirt hole in the fall. Yep. And you'd have one hell of a... I was thinking of taking like a big spike and nailing them in the dirt hole so like a coyote try get at it but can't pull it out right away. Back when we could put more nails in, you just nail them to the tree yeah. above your martens at. They just that. Wouldn't hurt nothing down the roof system. Yeah. Throw a few in the box in the Lynx exclusion device, maybe. Every year I, I keep Needles. trying to save all my martin cartridges because when I run out of bait before, yeah. I I've used a lot this of martin. Year, Neil, I don't know if you've heard it, but Neil was using oil sacks. That, they caught 150. Yeah, and coyotes in Texas, right? No, but in Maine, in Maine? and uh, Vance got pissed at him because he was using them oil sacks. Neil started catching more fur. <laughs> he says they work. Now Vance wants yeah. oil sacks bad. He said they really can work. Yeah. Put that down that hole, that coyote could not resist it. Yeah. And, it's, and it's, you start and think everybody, everything loves beef. Everything loves, exactly. Yep. That's a naturalist food in the woods, I think, is beaver yep. meat. That and that dead skunk in the middle of the road. It's always gone. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> did you see us? We were saving the meat on them. Yeah. Oh, I, I've been eating beaver meat. I, I yeah. should have brought you up some sausage that he had made. Yeah. I got just a little bit left. Maybe enough for one patty. But I want you to take it home with you tonight. Don't let me forget. 
It's ground up with a sausage mixture with wine. Yeah. It is it's good. Good. It's stringy, but good. I mean, got a good flavor. I bet it's really good. That's you, what you use in the spaghetti sauce, huh? Oh, yeah, and you put I it in spaghetti sauce or something spaghetti like sauce. that. And just the beaver hamburg pot with nothing in it for spices, you mix that with your spaghetti sauce, and he says it gives it a flavor of its own. It's yeah. sweet. And it's good. Oh yeah, like all the all the back straps that I've been frying up, man. You don't have to. I well, mean, we say forty pounds. We had forty pounds. Forty pounds. <laughs> and uh, he gave me eight or ten packages this big around like that. Yeah. You know, and he's got a mixer that he grinds it with and mixes for yep. the sausage. Boy, that that sausage is so good. Are you going to start marketing that for us? Yeah. <laughs> you got a piece. They'll ban it pretty soon. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't bad, was it? Oh, no, that's right. Boy, that's all good. Should be a market for it. I'm gonna more money for a beaver. Of it. Yeah. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat more. This year is the most beaver meat I've ever eaten, and I'm going to eat more next year. Yeah. But I've had a good thing, though, going. I've always trapped. I've always said I was going to do it regardless, and yeah, I've always it's worked out the, even with low fur prices and yeah, because you could catch more. There was less trappers, so you catch yeah. more, and you worked harder to catch more to make more hmm. to, you know. And I've trapped with some good trappers. You take the Olson guys like that. Probably though the best trapper I ever trapped with in the spring was a guy by the name of Mike McDonald. The first two years we trapped. He was from Massachusetts, moved up here, but he was really tight with Johnny Thorpe. He'd gone to his classes when he was a kid, and Johnny Thorpe trapped the old-fashioned way a lot. Yes. And the only thing I had to listen to every day was Johnny Thorpe, Johnny Thorpe, Johnny Thorpe, <laughs> which I didn't mind in a way, but it got to be old news because my old man was probably just as good as Johnny Thorpe. Yeah. You know what I mean? But... Open yeah. water, he wouldn't have been no good because he never trapped open water. Great. And Johnny had trapped open water, so Mike showed me actually the way to trap open water. And you modified that. And I the, kept modifying. Because Johnny was using number two Victor's. Yep. With the front foot, yep. you're using TS eighty fives, big big jaw spread. First of it, I tried my fourteens, and what a mess. Really. They're the worst open water trap for beaver. So you like the TS-85. That's kind of oh, what yeah. you've, you've settled on. You've tried I to... can front foot them and catch them high. Yeah. And never, I've, I don't know if I've ever footed one with a TS. Yeah. Maybe, but I don't remember if I did. Have you Have you had them pull out to the end of the of the drowning cable? I did. Yeah. With four. Number four dukes. With four dukes, okay. I've had them... Go, out, go to the end and then pull and listen out. Listen to this. I had a front foot in it. And I said, somebody cut that. When they go with a front foot out into deep water with 40 pounds of rock, and the thing ain't even twisted up or nothing, and there's a front foot in it, you automatically think somebody cut that foot Something off and happened. threw that bag with yeah, a, right. out there straight. Three days later, I caught that beaver in a corner bear. Really? Yep. Upstream from where we were trapping, I caught that beaver and he had the foot missing all so fresh. what do you think it was about the He trap? just went to the end and it must have caught him just right and when he twisted once, he was gone. Yeah. Had to be. 
There was no mess of any kind. Hmm. But the TS, you don't have, you haven't had that issue. Not really. It, it catches them so high usually. Heavier trap to move. What do you like? What for a lot of people that have never used those traps and never trap open water beaver, like what? What's a set that you look to make? That I like to make. Yeah. What does it look like if you you're going to a spot and you see you see an area where you want to make a set? It depends. It there's so many variations to when a beaver comes out, and every time that you think you got the perfect spot where they're coming out to a cast amount, that's not where they come out. They'll come out over land someplace and carry mud and. You watched that Teachers of the Night. You damn uh, right. Video. And that showed me a lot of things I never realized. Yeah, yeah, because a lot of times they'll come, they'll come way off to the side and then they'll come, they'll come back into the water. And where you that is why that I catch a lot of beaver by the hind foot, even though I'm setting for the front foot. Yeah. He's going back down that perfect spot that you think he's coming out and he yeah. goes over it with his front foot and he puts his hind foot right into it yeah yeah so do you do you worry about like how deep you set your trap or you nope. just you just set it and i've i've caught beaver by the hind foot coming out of places two feet deep yeah they put that down and i've caught them even by the tail and a ts will hold a beaver by the, the tail, tail. <laughs> you got a couple he, little tricks you gotta watch so. yep he, deep and he must have put his tail down to help him get out and his feet didn't hit the trap have him by the tail so i used to think okay i need to set my trap okay front foot catch hind foot catch i gotta be under this much water then i started actually trapping in the spring and the water level changes by a foot or two every day and Can, yeah. it, it, the it biggest, doesn't even matter, doesn't the matter biggest how you thing in it. the spring is you gotta think now you start and think about this if the water's rising, you set for a front foot. <laughs> if the water's going to drop, you start setting hind foot. Yep. <laughs> and it'll work both ways that's, then. Yeah, that's If you one. don't, you're screwed. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of guys ain't figured that out yet. Yep. The water's rising, you set for a front foot. Water's dropping, you set yep. for a hind foot. And I've set for a front foot in the morning. And when we were going back through, we'd start and check them because we knew the water was dropping so fast, and they'd be completely out of water. Yeah. And I've never known yet to catch a beaver in a foot trap with a trap out of water. Really? Never. He's always gone around me. He goes around it. No kidding. Yep. If it's underwater, you'll catch him. But a corner bear, sometimes they'll go through because I see one of Neil's one time. I was trapping against him, <laughs> and the water had dropped. There was no water there. And the herald was trapping with me, and he says, I guess we ain't got to worry about Olsen here. And three days later, the ice melted. He had a beaver in there. Yeah, beaver. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed over that more. The more I think about it, though, this much ice and froze right in, and no water under the run. It completely <laughs> dried up. With this much ice, and the corner bear sitting there with ice stuck right in it, froze solid. And it melted out, and a beaver went through that after it melted out and got caught. <laughs> I'm going to cut that out of the audio. <laughs> I wish I could have had that on camera, that set. It, it was so funny, though. And then the the, the look on Harold's face the next time it's when we got there in that beaver, it was comical. <laughs> yeah, things happen that... But you're setting, that, you're setting that trap, and then do you like to use blocking... To get beaver to step over the trap? 
pretty much. But with that bumper stick, that's the biggest thing. In, they in, hit that in, bumper stick and their feet go down automatically. In, if you don't have that bumper stick, they'll stick right there. They'll slide right on over it, put their feet above the trap, and crawl out and spring your trap or you'll you'll have a toenail from the hind foot or something in So where do you like to put the bumper stick? Right in front of the trap, at the edge of the water, but right there yep. at the right angle so that when they swim there it hits them right here. Yeah, and boom, they put their and their feet go down. down. And don't it ain't much of a stick. Just a little Charlie Dobbins preached that to me at the National Sea. Every time he told me how to do something, he, he would preach the bumper stick. Really? Yeah. Like and the size of a right. pencil? Huh? Like the size of a pencil? Yep. Or small? Yeah. Just, you don't need much. Just enough for them to bump. Hmm. And as soon as they hit something, evidently, their instinct is feet go down. Get planted, yeah. Yep. And do you set your trap off to one side or the other? If I'm using my four dukes, I offset them. Yep. If I'm setting the TS, it's so big. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Too much. But once in a while, you'll miss them with a TS, so you got to go a little, a little bit. bit. Depending on it how depends. wide the area yeah. is, they're coming in. And I think lots of times the beaver don't come straight in anyways. Because yeah. you, you watch them, they swim by. When you look at the water current, usually that time of year, the water's so high and it's moving pretty fast, so they either they got to either use one of them back eddies yep. or they're, they're I've watched they're them get caught, clean. though. Yeah. Yeah, they'll circle you and circle you while you're setting the trap, and you go back and hide, and they smell that scent, and pretty soon they come out, and every time I've watched them, they never, never come out where you think they're going to come out. <laughs> you say, how did I catch any beaver before? But that beaver, I don't know if he watched me make the set, or, <laughs> but he'll come out, and he'll just miss it. And then he'll he'll smith he'll smell of that casting and he'll he'll put more of his on it and frig with it. Yep. And he'll go back in and get caught. Get caught, huh? Yep. And yeah, because you automatically assume as a trapper, okay, I'm setting the trap. Beaver's coming in. Boom, he gets caught. Right. It don't work. But you think it would. Yeah. But it don't always work. It's that time of year too. That what's on their mind? Ter territory. And, and they're smelling something. And they, if they don't hit it first, they're going to come back around because they, they still got that scent. Yeah. The, the way that I trap them now a lot, and I, I did it a lot this year, I wasn't using much caster. No. And it seemed to work really good. And I think that's why I was catching them big super blanket females because I wasn't using caster. What were you using? Secret. <laughs> <laughs> you said there were no secrets. <laughs> no, I think, I ain't sure if that, but it makes sense. Back to what my dad taught me how to trap mink. He says, you catch one, don't forget to rub the ass. Oh, shit, I shoot them mink out every time I catch one all over the bank. Yeah, put that same scent from that one you just caught right there. That's the best. Yeah, it's just oh, like yeah. when you catch a coyote, Another the catch mink. circle is the best. Yeah. Another mink has been there, and they don't know why it's scent there, but usually yeah. it's fear, but they don't care. they got to smell what he feared. I'm sure every animal is something, yeah. more or less, especially if that's one you're mating. But, look, look at humans, you know, when it comes time for that mating, yeah, they're going to mate. <laughs> especially when you, 
maybe you're not the best trapper and you make a few mistakes. Well, it doesn't if if they got one thing on the brain, they oh yeah. They the other thing I do, and I I probably should, but at my age I don't hide this one. Is when I catch a beaver, I milk that beaver out at that set. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that lasts all season. <laughs> that stuff is strong. Yeah. All it is is piss, and piss goes through their castor. So it's mixed with castor, but there's something about that old piss, and I'll milk them out, and yeah. I don't have to do nothing to that set ever for the rest of the week you, or two. You don't have to worry about secrets, because none of these other trappers are going to work well, as hard Well, no, as you. <laughs> at my age, if I You're looking help, at one that don't want to work that hard anymore. <laughs> How many years have I got left trapping? Oh, you know, 30 probably? No. <laughs> If I've got five good years left, I'm lucky, you know, to get around good. Yeah, yeah. So, somebody's got to take over and do it. Hey, hope you guys enjoyed that, and uh, stay tuned for a little bit more. It was was a lot of fun for me just even listening to that again for the second uh, time around. Um, So, now it's time for this week's Cots Brothers Deal of the Week. Um, How often do you get an opportunity to get 10% off of traps? Dog proofs. Do you need some dog proof traps? It is time to get stocked up. Uh, as of June 20th, this deal is available for the Bridger T3 dog proof traps. 10% off of uh, Bridger T3s. This code, uh, it, it goes through uh, July 5th, from June 20th to July 5th. Enter the code BT3. That's capital B, capital T, the number 3 for 10% off of Bridger T3 dog proof traps. What a great opportunity to pick up some DPs. Uh, they're a uh, normal price $11.95 each or $129.95 a dozen at cotsbros.com. That's K-A-A-T-Z-B-R-O-S.com. little description on these. Bridger's new T3 dog proof trap comes equipped with a ring trigger to drastically reduce bait theft and increase catches. Also has a lever type design built in to increase ease of setting with or without a setting tool. The strong music wire spring will hold for seasons. So uh, the Bridger T3's a great dog proof trap. Check them out at cosbros.com and enter the code BT3 for 10% off. Thanks Cotsbros. You guys uh, take advantage of that and thanks for tuning in. Until next time, keep talking trapping keep thinking trapping get ready for the next trapping season it will be here you know before you know it take care guys